0: Of our new digs,
1: I like it. It's uh, been a while since we've been in studio together doing a podcast, so that's you know the extra basis thing is taken the the Zoom route for what three years? Yeah, now yeah, um, it's taken the uh, backseat to something called ooh, what was that? The World Series? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm still working on the you you really should be on the other side. Whoop. You should be over on that side. <laughs> Where my but computer's at. yeah, but I'm working on I'm working on that because this is kind of a peel back the curtain and let people know that this is a uh, back, back a work in progress as we're trying to figure out this new setup. We got these beautiful blue walls, which change colors, by the way. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: it's pretty nice that they did this. We haven't you know, we haven't had. um we haven't had this before no we had the i like the sports extra studio too though we did mm-hmm. that. that was
0: good yeah you know what here's another thing we haven't had either we i don't think we've ever had a general manager win a world series and then potentially be out of a job
1: well he's he's at the gm meetings mm-hmm. right working now,
0: without a contract
1: which is you know thank you for thank you to james click the astros oh him thanks for that i don't know that i would be doing that but he is doing it well good for him
0: do you think he could be out there looking for jobs you're banging. You're banging the table. Don't bang I, I, the table.
1: You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know if he's out there looking for jobs. I I know that. Um, I know that it's common knowledge in the game that he's got a one day contract or one year, you know, offer. Offer, yeah. yeah I think that's common knowledge. I think um, if I'm a general manager and I've won a World Series and all of a sudden now I got a one, you know, one year offer, I'm asking questions, you know, and maybe they're not always of the organization I'm with. Um, maybe it's of myself. Maybe it's of my, my family. Maybe it's of my future aspirations. I I don't know, but I don't think that I'm going to be happy with a one year contract. If I'm a GM that won a world series
0: now, especially one, especially one, Jeremy, that is missing. Two high-ranking officials, Ozzo Campo, left to go be an assistant general manager with the Marlins. Pete Patella left to become the general manager of the San Francisco Giants. How are you going to hire somebody to fill one of those two spots, both of those two spots? Those people are going to ask when they go through the interview process, well, what's your status? Are you going to be here after next year? I I just don't see how that's going to work.
1: I agree with you 100%. I can say this. About the people they have in this organization, and you know it's going to be very foreign. You know what's going to um, what's going to happen right now because I'm I'm going to speak my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a, it's it's I'm struggling with. That. Yeah, it's a new thing. Yeah. Um. What what I can say. is New room,
0: new philosophy from yeah, Jeremy.
1: What I can say is there are some very very very, ooh bitter people, in that organization still, um, because the performance in past drafts has not been great. Like, I, I can't believe some of the, you know, in the middle of a winning a world series, some of the bitterness that I saw with some of these guys was like, like, you just got a ring. Like, what do you, it's, it's, it's it, some of these guys are very self-serving. Now I'm not saying Jim Crane's that way. Jim Crane's going to run his organization the way he sees fit and Dusty's dusty. And I don't even think James Click is self-serving. Matter of fact, I think James Click was so loyal to the people around him. The people that were there already, instead of putting his stamp, and by that I mean a diverse stamp. I'm not talking about Sarah Goodrum, who is really ineffective in comparison to Pete Patilla. I'm not talking about, um, you know, uh, Andrew Ball or the what was the other assistant GM you had me brought in? Powers, yeah, Scott Powers, Scott Powers, right? Or is, or is it Austin Powers? It was Scott Powers. Anyway, um, you know, Andrew Ball and Scott Powers. I and mean, I'm not talking about them. They just got here. Yep. I'm talking about his ability to get beyond the people that he had that are just like him um, that had a chance to have some impact. And so what you're left with is guys that were there before you who maybe had some allegiance to the other organization, the other, the other GM, um, and don't like being necessarily called on the performance. Now, Ozocampo did a better job with the Latin American scouting that I think anybody has given him credit for at all until probably now.
0: Yeah. I would say up until the world series, I mean, we've been singing his praises. I know locally in the newspaper, sure. they've done that as well, but uh, I, I said last year and even in 2020, actually 2020 is when I said it, I okay. said without the international signings, this team would be toast.
1: You did. And it was on the heels of Rikiti who had the, who had the such of the great game in Washington um, but now you know, you've got a situation where Oz is Oz came back for a year and left. And he's a GM in Miami. You have a situation where Pete Patilla is the GM in San Francisco. You know, um, no, I mean, that was still puzzling to me, but I'm happy for him. Okay, you know, um, but he's a GM in San Francisco. There's
0: only 30 of those jobs.
1: Good for him when it comes to uh what James click ha- is is doing and what Jim Crane likely wants you're gonna it's it's gotta be to rebuild the system it's got to be to get aggressive in Latin America because you' seen what's going on now and it's gotta it's gotta be to ref- refocus player development he can't be happy with some of the stuff that's going on now look these some of the guys that are still in there in position uh, they're gonna be nameless because it's relevant than of the names but um you know, they're just hanging on. They're just celebrating with the fact the big league club's doing it and taking the success. And at every level, you may have a piece of it, but the big league club did what they did. You had nothing to do with it. You may have helped the players get there, sure, but you had nothing to do with what the big league club did. You didn't have anything, Jason. I had nothing to do with it. Dusty Baker, James Click, and anybody else who's involved with the big league club every single day. And I'm not talking about hanging around in the postseason and taking pictures with champagne. I'm talking about guys that are in the clubhouse day in and day out. The Jason Kanzlers, the, the Detroit Snickers, the Gary Pettises, the Alex Cintrones. um, What's the, the what's the pitching coach's name? The one that plays strong again? Miller? Josh Miller. Josh Miller. You're talking about Dusty. I mean, that that's the guys that had something to do with this, right? James Click in his front office for sure had something to do with it. Um, scouting department had a role. Development had a role. But it, it can be better. And Pete Patilla's job was overseeing scouting and development. If they got – there they are when scouting and development, regardless of what's happening in the World Series right now. Maybe James needs to expand his horizons a little bit and reestablish that. And I'm not telling him what to do because the man just won a World Series. I am saying perhaps that'll help some help smooth things over to get him more of a contract that are relying on some of the bitter people that are there just trying to survive.
0: What we've been seeing and reading is this idea of philosophical differences. And you've said previously on this podcast and on Sports Extra, perhaps James needs to turn to some more baseball people in terms of people with a little more feel because the world is not black and white and not numbers. And I'm not saying James is like that, but a number of people uh, in the game sometimes who are very analytical, they tend to look at things black and white. Um. Is that easier said than done to find no? C- Listen, I look at your organization. How many people that have had different types of backgrounds, scouting, player development, who also played, who also has that who also have that that idea of feel and and that players aren't machines. So I've gotta believe that there are people out there that he could find. But having but the fact that he's only been in one organization, does that does that hurt him, do you think?
1: you know you ask some pretty good questions sometimes you know i don't, i don't know if you ever practiced it or ever told you that but um i would say that, that the one organization only hurts if you don't listen to the people that you know elsewhere or the people that are in that organization that have networks i don't know that he did that cuz i watched andrew ball and scott powers walk in and i told you then and 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 look i i got to say this on i actually really like james clark mm-hmm. i i i do i yeah. think he's I think he's got some vision. I think he's he's got some intelligence. I think he's he's a really smart guy. And I think he's always open to new hearing new ideas. We saw that firsthand. No matter how we saw it, we saw it. Yeah. Okay? And he's a man, you know, one year contract to me, all due respect to Jim Crane. Like it's like Dusty in the pitching. Like, I'll defer to the guys in the seat. But it doesn't make sense to me unless you really want to make a change.
0: Listen, a one-year contract is is basically the tea leaves of we appreciate your service here, but it's time for you to move on. Deuces.
1: Well, I'll tell you what else it signifies. You have the last two GMs here, and Jeff Luno and James Click will, are decidedly analytically inclined. Fair? Mm-hmm. Okay. If this guy won a World Series and he's let go, and I'll get to what I really think my reasons are for that in a second. Or he can't get an extension that matches winning the World Series, where guys get five years. This guy can't get three? Five years. That means there's a disconnect between him and Crane that no one wants to talk about. And you know what? Good for them. Like, they shouldn't be talking about it. But the disconnect is is there. And if you're an analytical guy like a David Stearns, who really... God, if I cared about popularity, I wouldn't say what I'm about to say. David Stearns hadn't done anything in Milwaukee. Did, they, did I miss the parades there, too? Well, they've made
0: playoffs. They've had playoff appearances. No. Okay. But, Jeremy, only one team wins a World Series each year.
1: Did they go to a World Series?
0: Not that I can recall.
1: He's been there since 2015. And I remember being there since 2015 because there were other guys that he got pulled on top of that had helped build the system. Starting with Jack Sorensic, who was obviously in Seattle at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Side had been a scouting director; he passed away. Ray Montgomery was there. Player development was was going a certain direction, was doing great, and the Brewers teams that he's just made his you know the last six years on or seven years were already there. If you find the guys that he's drafted, got to the big ones he's had a hand in, hey, yeah, he's made some good moves, like Yelich was a good trade. And, you know, but he brought some coaches in that knew what they were doing, like Darnell Coles and, and, and Derek Johnson. And then got rid of those guys for guys like Andy Haynes and and some other guys have no clue what they should be, what they're teaching. And, um, you know, when you watch something like that and you talk about David Stern's coming in, my point is this, an analytical GM is going to stay as far away from this place as possible. And I would too. If you're 35, 40 years old, all right, and you're an up and coming analytical GM, which by the way, there's a million of those dudes now, right? And you're one of those guys. And the guy that won a World Series got a one year contract and was let go. I want nothing to do with Houston. I'm not, if I'm, if I'm one of those guys. Now, if I'm a baseball guy, I'm going, or somebody in the middle. And here's the biggest reason why. Besides you, do you think anybody listening out there in, in podcast, extra base, KHOU land has any clue who Jim Crane's inner circle? really is. Would you like me to tell you? Go ahead. All right. You got Mr. October, Reggie Jackson.
0: I've seen him. Who
1: left the New York Yankees because of the way they were going, which that hasn't worked out either, right? But if you think of Reggie Jackson, does anybody in the room think Astros? I don't. How about Angels? You think them? A's? Orioles? You know, he made a stop, but where do you think of Reggie? He's a Yankee. And Reggie and a Yankee. Reggie's here. Okay? Hall of Famer, by the way. Mm Mm-hmm. You got Craig Biggio. Yep. Smart guy. Got a kid in the big leagues. Definitely a numbers guy at the same time. Didn't play that way. Hall of Famer. You got Jeff Bagwell, who's also in the circle. Doesn't know anything, own anything besides the color black.
0: Not true. Not true. For me. Not true. I saw him at the parade and he had a white t-shirt on. Go ahead.
1: All right. So Jeff Bagwell, Hall of Famer, also in the circle. Jose Cruz, Sr.
0: Enos Cabell. Enos Cabell. I think Enos Cabell is really in that circle. Really in that that circle. These
1: guys, what's that, five names we mentioned, Mm -hmm. that are just old school baseball guys That and old school in in a good way, not old school like everything else sucks. Like they're open to this stuff, but old school in a good way. You have winners who don't want to see it all go one way. And then you have Dusty Baker, who is, you know, regardless of the minor pitching hiccups that could have been major, worked out in his favor this year or at least got through it is 73 yep turning 74 yep been in the game 50 years Mm -hmm. that analytics been around 20 and billy bean has said famously my stuff works to get us to in regular season once he's a playoffs it's all luck that's because the strategy of field. that's what that is okay that's because it's setting up consistent baseball and when you see dusty baker able to veto a trade at least one it's only one we know about at least one Halfway through the year, but the GM wants to make bro that never happens, okay. And Jim Crane said, No, nah, Dusty don't want to do it, we ain't doing it. You know why? Because Biggio, Backwell, you'll never get this. This is we don't know this for sure, but common sense says Biggio, Backwell, Cabell, Cruz. Uh, you might even call Nolan and Ryan. Say, mm. what do you
0: no, do? that no, like, that that's what? Not, you no, that's not no, trust know. me, no, that what that did, did not happen.
1: What do you want to do? And they're like, Not that. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's something where, where James has kind of been neutered here a little bit at different times because of the numbers, I think, and because of the people around him. I don't know if that would have happened last year. Happened this year.
0: You look at those Astros draft picks, and I hate hate to go back to what we always do, but, man, last few years, they've hit. They've hit later, later on. Which is what analytics do. How Oh, because essentially they can run a bunch of numbers and say, oh, look at Chaz McCormick, what he's doing against Division Two. Go look at him. He's really overperforming, or he is really good at this one certain area, and that's something we should take a chance on. You
1: can't get everywhere um, as a scout. So the office should be looking at numbers and looking at stat sheets and places that you're not already going to see, and they should tell you who to go hit. It's a hit list. Now, you don't see those guys right away. You see them later. You can hide them down on the board. You may see them once. You may follow their numbers. You may go back and see him twice, but they're not heavily scouted, event, scouted games or events, and it's not going to happen. They're just um, you know, one-offs, right? So um, if you are able to pull that off, if you're able to do that, then a the good analytics department will find the Chas McCormick's. It'll find those games. David Hensley? Yeah, the, uh, what was the hitter for uh, for um, St. Louis? Right-hand hitter. left hander, Matt Adams.
0: Matt Adams, yeah. Slippery, right. Slippery Rock University. Right. Also, ironically, from the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference, which is the conference Chaz McCormick played in.
1: Right. So you look at guys like that, like the Braves and Gerald Turner and uh, Evan Gaddis, years and years and years ago, by the way, um, has been really quite interesting on Twitter recently.
0: Who? But Wait, Ger- Gerald who?
1: Gerald Turner was a scout. North oh, oh, I
0: got you now. Who
1: signed uh, Evan Gaddis. I got you. Three or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Round. And I'm quite certain that there was some statistical analysis to performance of what he was doing at the time, whether it was the analytics department or not, there was something going on. So um gerald scouted him did what he had to do put his name on him and the rest is history that's what analytics departments do they need to stay out of the first second and third round just forget those rounds mm, i it.
0: disagree I,
1: I don't because you're focused on the wrong things A guy like mccormick and his his foot speed his defensive uh, you know whatever metrics you're looking at there which is way more than the fielding percentage his hard contact rates at that level that's what you want to see now you still want to evaluate that at the top of the draft but when it comes to who's making the decision Analytics doesn't make a decision in the first round for me. I'm
0: not, I'm not, but you should use them to help you make a decision.
1: But in the back, I'm letting them make, make the pick. So if I'm on the 20th round, I'm listening. Like, what do you got? 15th, what do you, give me something. What do you have on paper that we like that we identified, that we lined up here without, that's what I want to hear from them. And the first round is like, I want to have that work done. Second round, third round, fourth round and and prepared. um, But my scout, my scouting department's making that decision.
0: So that's where we run into historic production from a guy like, historic, historic production from a guy like Seth Beer.
1: Instead of, instead of Noah Naylor. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, guess what? Noah Naylor. It's so funny now that we mentioned that because now it's in some ways, Noah Naylor, I don't want to say historic, but is is with the production of a player who's much younger than everybody he plays against. Now that's not historic, but it's interesting about how not, I mean, you predicted it, but, Here's, he's the guy that, um, (laughs) yeah, that's what one coach told me, uh, via Twitter or text rather that you were, you're the prophet because Jeremy, everything Jeremy said during the world series came true. We should run down those for those who don't follow us on Twitter. I mean, the big one was Lance McCullers should not pitch in game three. And your reasoning was because, a num- number of issues, mainly the weather. And granted, it was a little drier game three than what was originally scheduled. But breaking ball dominant. Uh, oh, oh, and the big one is, who do you want coming back in game seven? And guess what? You said pitch Christian Javier in game three. And then Christian Javier goes out and starts a combined no hitter. Which we were there to see. The first no hitter at a World Series since nineteen fifty six.
1: Um all of that, yes. Okay. All of that, yes. What I what I what I'll say about McCullers was this is this is where it looked, some of this stuff worked out. McCullers didn't. But if you watch McCullers history over the last several years and, and even the week prior in in uh, New York, that weather, that feel of the baseball. Mistake hitting lineup with his velocity doesn't work You can't start him in that game. You need to start Javier and have McCullers behind him for a change of pace or change of look. Give Lance a chance to pitch with some intent. The only way he was able to be successful against these guys in the Phillies when he did pitch that that uh, that uh, in Game Three was what third and fourth inning, and it was pitching with intent. Okay, by the time he got to the fifth inning, he was out of gas and let him out there and let him you know because he's he's a reliever now he's not a starter. So um, that's just scouting. Dusty stayed loyal to his guy. End up losing the game. Javier goes game four. You said combined no no, five nothing. Still think they had a slip up with Montero um, with his rhythm and, and Presley, just too much on the page. Let Montero finish, say Presley for the next night. Have Stanick, if you had any belief in Ryan Stanek. And by the way, best DRA in Astros history in the bullpen, I have a hard time seeing him come back here now. So that's it's like Garrett Cole leaving when he's you know he's done in the ninth inning in um, the Nationals. And he's walking out of the clubhouse like, hey, you coming back? I got my board's hat on. It was not. You know, and and Stanek, you know, Stanek should have been, for example, in a 5-0 game, playing catch behind Montero, let Montero finish. He's in rhythm. Say press for the next night. Worked out. Ryan Presley he did something no one else has done in ninety-six years. And ninety-six years in baseball is is you know it's two thousand. Like it's not yesterday.
0: And the stat was that he was the first pitcher to get five outs or more and then come back the next day. And make a save. It was some crazy statistic like that. Yeah,
1: and the last guy that did it was like in the, in, you know, <laughs> was like,
0: what was his name? Like,
1: I don't know, but Boots he, McCall or yeah, somebody. But yeah, but he had started the entire game be- the day before and pitched all nine innings. He had pitched all nine innings, and then he came and then he had to come back and close the next game out. So it's in an era where they had nothing to do. You just don't do it. Like it's just not something you do. And it worked out, and Dusty got it worked out. So. um you know, it, there, it, it worked. Some of the decisions were questionable, but it worked out. And um, you know, I, I I don't know. The, the bottom line is, we, it was a good postseason for the Astros. We had a lot of fun doing it. Um, they have some questions to answer. They've already lost some players: Will Smith, Trey Mancini. You know, Brantley's a free agent, but
0: that's by their own sure. accord.
1: But it doesn't mean you have to replace him. I mean, Michael Brantley's going to be an interesting one to watch. Yeah, five years old. Yeah, been here what four years now? Been here four years. Yeah, free agent. You know, you got to figure that um, he want to stay here i don't see verlander going anywhere else but um you know he good you know i think kate upton likes it here you know she said that uh, her husband's a legend
0: she did she told me that and then we had to she basically when i asked her about whether the world series win in game five mattered and how important she goes well for me I, she goes I, i'm not quite sure what well actually here's what she said Honestly, don't know his opinion on that, but for me—okay, for you. Yeah, I'm like, but for me, I'm so happy that he has it. But honestly, he's such a legend. Who cares? Now, in that clip, you see me laughing at the end, and the reason I'm laughing, Jeremy, is I'm thinking, "Oh wow, I, I, I guess I'll just have to bleep that out when it goes when I send it back to the station." Yeah, it was live TV. It was live TV. My, she was she was teeing it up, man. No, right. She was teeing it up. God. She knew exactly what she was doing, and her. she was teeing it up. You could see just that kind of that little. Ooh, let me pause here. Mm-hmm. Let me deliver this with some authority, some punch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also mentioned and talked about the whole Lance McCullers tipping pitches thing, which somebody on Twitter comes out and says, "Well, look at the the leg kick and the glove placement and." Your whole point was uh, that's too much to look at in a delivery. Now, the glove placement, potentially. Yeah. Sure. But to think that someone could look down at the leg, the leg kick, and then at the glove, and then be ready for the pitch. What else did you say about that now? I don't remember what, what, what else you were saying. saying. You
1: don't have enough time to do that and pick up the release point. Like, it's something in the upper half you know, you talked about the glove placement, like it's right here, yeah. right here, or tip. You know, you can see stuff like that that's minor. I thought it was more of his tempo. That was it. I thought the tempo was so deliberate that it gave guys a chance to see some small differences instead of picking the ball up, getting on the mound and going forward. And sure enough, in the third and the fourth inning, when his tempo picked up, he cut right through him. You, know? um, you know, Bryce Harper's a student in the game. He's the one that picked up any kind of tell they may have. It was really just about living in the middle of the strike zone mm-hmm. with cement mixer sliders and flat fastballs. And anybody, anytime you do that, at any level, let alone the big leagues, especially against a team of the Phillies, who's just a bunch of mashers, they're not going to miss that. And they didn't miss it. They didn't miss it. Um, you know, when Verlander made the mistakes in game one, nobody was talking about a tell with Verlander. No one said, oh, yeah, he's tipping. These guys were teeing off on him, too. I mean, they won that one also. So, That's
0: a good point. You know, it's just, We didn't even bring that up.
1: Everybody talks about when we get to the postseason, depending on who the pitcher is, oh, he's tipping his pitches. The only guy that I remember was really tipping his pitches was Tyler Glasnow. That's it. You know, and that was with the Rays here. 2019. He had had something with his glove where it was his handset. Right. And he was the only one that I can remember was actually tipping like that where guys just teed off. McCullers' tempo was bad. Why? Now, why would your tempo be bad? Those of you who are watching or listening are going to ask, why would somebody like Lance McCullers' tempo be so bad? I'll tell you why, because he can't feel the ball. That's why. So if he can't feel the ball, he's going to be concentrating a little bit harder on what that grip is supposed to be like, which that is a tell in itself. So we weren't up here in the, in the box with Harper. We were just, you know, he could have been digging for all we know. You know what I mean? But it, it, it's it's only brought on because he shouldn't have been pitching in that situation because it wasn't his optimal position. his it, time to do it. He should have been throwing in Houston where it's controlled, where the weather is fine, where the roof is closed unless you're Aaron Boone. Right? Should have been doing it here. He didn't do that. They used him there and, you know, it bombs away.
0: The direct quote you had after the game to me on KHOU11 Plus, quote, every time something happens with a pitcher in this type of environment, i.e., postseason, World Series, we're looking for a reason beside the fact that he just didn't execute. What Lance McCullers did have was a tempo problem. That was your exact quote, which I'm seeing right there. That was it. Yeah. And then let's now fast forward to game six. Zach Wheeler is pitching well. I don't want to say he was cruising, but, I mean, he was he was had his finger on the cruise control, ready to set the speed and everything, and runs into some issues in the sixth. And here comes Rob Thompson to take him out in. And bring in Alvarado, and you said to me, this is this, this is not going to end up well for the Phillies. And I tweeted that out, and sure enough, Alvarado comes up, serves one up to Jordan, who then hits a ball that one baseball person told you that knows Houston very well. He's never seen anyone hit a ball over the batter's eye in Houston, whether it's a game or batting practice. And that's what Jordan Alvarez did in Game 6. We had been crunching the numbers going through that, and I said, Jeremy, uh, Alvarado actually does worse against left-handed hitters, and Jordan Alvarez has a higher batting average and some other metrics against left-handed pitchers. And Rob Thompson, he still defended the decision after the game, and it's this common theme that we hear a lot of times is that we're not the sometimes a good process leads to bad results and that was basically the message that rob thompson had after the game and zach wheeler he also said i was surprised i got taken out i only had 70 pitches and you had mentioned the stuff i mean yes he had guys on first and third but the stuff was was a big thing for you
1: he was throwing 98 98 miles an hour I mean, you know, it's fastballs.
0: <laughs>
1: and that inning. That
0: and was, sawing guys it
1: wasn't off. A decrease. I mean, He blew up out to his bat. You know, he then turns around and um, Jeremy Payne gets a base hit in the middle, but it's not a line drive. It's a ground ball. You thought um, it was almost like a seeing-eye yeah, single? Yeah, seeing-eye single takes a hop. I mean, those got to count to hit, you know, hit 300 and have a good year. But, you know, that was not um, – it wasn't like we were talking about Rockets, you know? And Rob Thompson couldn't wait to get out of the, the dugout. He was on the top step before the ball hit center field, you know, and he did it so quickly that even Alvarado wasn't ready. You think? Yeah, because he took forever to get out of the bullpen. Relievers, if they know where they're going in the game in certain situations, they're ready to go by that situation. If they don't get in, they're usually doing like this, you know. It's my time. We me. I'm not going in right. And so the guy wasn't going in. Um, you know, Alvarado wasn't going in, and he's turned around. And he's facing Al- Pedro, um, Pedro Alvarez, Jordan Alvarez. <laughs>
0: Pedro, now that would have been amazing to see right. Pedro Alvarez, the former Vanderbilt guy, come out and and uh grab a uniform. I
1: don't think Pedro would have done that, but your no. hand goes up, you know, up, up top, big ship. So um, you know, ball game right there as soon as he did, I looked at you and I said it's over.
0: Yeah, and I said, Well, I said, Who are they gonna have? <laughs> so the big question was with Fromber, how long does he go? And I said, Well, who who did who do you think the Astros should.? You yeah, six before the game. Who, yes. And who should the Astros turn to these next few innings? And your response was, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> it's over. It doesn't matter. You know, I think they want what? Neris or Brayu Presley? You know, good night. It doesn't matter. I mean, you get to that situation there and you just deliver such a knockout blow. And if you're on the other side, if people talk about momentum, it's confidence. If you're the Phillies and you realize that. Um, your manager just made that type of decision. So you, you, everybody in the ballpark knows it's not the right move. Wheeler knew it wasn't the right move. Alvarado knew it wasn't the right move.
0: You know, well, I don't know if Alvarado he, knew.
1: He tell by the conviction in his pitches, he had no. Was thr-
0: he was throwing ninety-eight to hundred and one.
1: Late, missing in middle of the zone, making mistakes. I mean, Wheeler was looking at threw
0: sc- under the backstop. I yeah, think. Yeah, was
1: looking at Thompson and I got like for real. Like it's not. It wasn't the time to do it. You know? And 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 analytically, we could talk about third time through the lineup, but I have no doubt that's what it was. But of course it was. Besides that, like the fact that Alvarado is not as good, as you pointed out, against left-hand hitters as he is right, and Pedro um, Jordan Alvarez hits left-handers better than he hits right-handers. And we're going to go get him. Why? You can not get him one more hitter? You're that scared? If he wa- was out two, was at third base, right? That's what happened was, was the broken battle, two, feet beat the double play. So you had first and third, and you're going to go get – alvarado to pitch against alvarez in a matchup that favors the astros why wheeler gets another ground ball he just had two ground balls it's another ground ball innings over in theory in theory better to keep the ball in the ballpark in that situation with one run and make it two to one instead of four or does my math not work out so you know, Robbie, Rob Thompson's been a good manager for a long time. Over a whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, change whoa. Change. What do you mean he's been a good manager for a, for a long time? Okay, he I was going to say, job. geez. No, he
1: did a good job Phillies. He's been a good baseball man for a long time. He should know better than that.
0: He said, uh, how much pause? The question was, how much pause did that give you in that situation, if at all, going to Alvarado? Yeah, it did. It was a tough decision. I guess he just admitted right there. But I went with Alvarado, you know. He beat him. He got behind Alvarez and 99-mile-an-hour fastball. He just beat him to the spot. That's what good hitters do.
1: Yeah, he was out of he was out of the dugout so fast, Jason. I, I, I don't think that's an accurate statement.
0: Anyway. It's kind of a dirty inning, and I thought, I mean, I'm going into the series. It was always kind of Alvarado on Alvarez. It was the sixth inning, and I felt like the normal back end of the bullpen guys could get through it. I thought Wheels still had really good stuff. It wasn't about that. It was just I thought the matchup was better with Alvarado on Alvarez at the time. Zach just said in the clubhouse that he was surprised that you decided to do that. Any reaction? Questions and answers, courtesy of ASAP Sports, the transcripts. Rob Thompson, I'm sure he was. Yeah, I'm sure he was. I mean, he still had his good stuff. I just thought that was a key moment moment in the game, and that was a momentum swing that I thought Alvarado had a chance to strike him out.
1: So by Alvarado, did he mean Alvarez? Because it wasn't a momentum swing. It was a World Series swing. You don't get all these shots at World Series to keep making these type of moves. If Wheeler was at 100 pitches, I'd get it. 70 pitches, same stuff was the same.
0: I got to believe that Alvarez had a rough first couple of at-bats against I don't know. Wheeler. Like, I don't have my box score in front of me, but I vaguely remember, well, I tweeted out that Alvarez was two for 21 in the World Series. He was two for 19 coming into that game, which was the exact same numbers that he had in the 2021 World Series against the Braves. He was two for 19 in that series, and then he was 0 for 2. I don't know.
1: Can't help you. I, I I know that it was a bad move. It was the wrong move when he did it, the entire ballpark. I mean, anybody who's watching the game that wasn't him, um, you know, went that was the wrong move. Anybody, you know? And, you know, you, if the analyst up there says that was the right move, how many times do you guys see that work out the other way? It's not June. You don't have another you don't have another opportunity. It's not June. It's it's the anti Dusty Dusty Baker who went to the same guys too many times. Yeah. You know, this is something where and and had him backwards in the wrong situations at points. This is something where the guy had no business taking that hitter.
0: But it's also like Game Five with the Astros, Justin Verlander, Dusty left him in to face Nick Castellanos, third time up, and J- Dusty felt J V is I, I trust him. He's he's going to do it, and he did. Manager, and that was a tough that was a tough spot that he was in in Game Five.
1: Yeah, but the manager has the, has the ability to make the decision. That doesn't mean it's the right one. Yeah. You know, so it, look, bottom line, World Series over. Uh, oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? It'd be different if we said it after the fact. Yeah. We said it when it happened. Oh, well, before it happened. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, there's none of this, you know, armchair quarterback stuff right there in that moment. You leave a wheeler in and you, might, you have a chance to get to game seven. You don't and you, you're home. So.
0: And so- this was after, now that I'm looking at the box score, bottom of the fifth, game five, Bryce Harper doubles to right field. So you've got a man on, right? Oh, um, and then and then Justin Verlander gets Nick Castellanos on a fly ball to end the inning and then secure his first World Series win. Right. So. So.
1: I don't know, man. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I need and the
0: get... score was, it was two to one Astros. So. At the time. At the time. So Castellanos was the potential. Go ahead, run. Go ahead, run.
1: Well, I'll be honest with you. As far as Game Seven's concerned, I wasn't upset it wasn't played. Man, I need a day
0: off. Yeah, and I don't think the Astros were uh, too upset either because Alex Bregman broke his finger. He does not need surgery. Jose Altuve, according to ESPN, had a hamstring issue, and he might not have been able to play. Martin Maldonado's been dealing with a hernia. So he might have
1: been
0: out. Uh, I think he still would have played. I th- I think he still would have they, played. They all would have played. Bregman. Oh. I mean, it'd be funny. Bregman said, "Bregman, I guess, was quoted saying that, uh, yeah, you would have been out. You, me, and me and Jose wouldn't have been able to play."
1: Interesting. You, you know, you'll, you'll see. And then that. who would have started? Oh, yeah, no, it worked out in game six. They didn't say anything in game six. They got through it. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, rolling right. into the off season with some holes to fill, not many. Yeah. Um. Got some need to do some long term extensions with. I would say Payne has earned some money. Yeah. I would say Tucker. Uh, Tucker needs to get done. Uh, they got Alvarez done. Yep. Right? They got Bregman uh, and Altuve for two more years. Mm-hmm. They're going to work on Verlander, uh, Michael Brantley. So there's some things they got to they gotta do, which is all the more reason to have a GM in place that's going to do it or to have him out. And I would bet that was the crux of the one-year deal.
0: Well, I would think that Verlander was the one. Um, my guess is Jim Crane was the one who got the Verlander deal. Yeah,
1: he's working on that one right now. They have till 4 o'clock tomorrow.
0: Michael Brantley, shoulders are a weird thing. Shoulders sometimes can zap your power. Not to say that Michael Brantley's a huge power hitter, but – He has some. Yeah, yeah, I don't know.
1: It's, it's, it's interesting off season. If they can keep this thing going, let the kids continue to develop the ones that are here because there's not much else behind it, you know, um, window stays open. And then the catcher. Yeah, Christian Vasquez should be the other guy.
0: I think so. Yeah. I think so.
1: Corey Lee is – um Yeah. He's he's not
0: he should not be there back. He's he's likely not the answer. Right. All right. Well, I think that's gonna end this edition of the Extra Basis podcast in our new fancy Zoom room podcast room, which we're still figuring out. Basically, Jeremy should be on that other side and I'll be on this side and we're gonna use this other little camera at some point yeah. as soon as I get it to connect to the Wi Fi. But time. but the fact that you were here, I figured we should just do this. Yeah. Now I've got to figure out how to get the recording from this computer to my computer. That's gonna be fun. Yeah,
1: I'm out of town. So I'll
0: leave it. You. <laughs> you're saying you're saying hopefully by the time you come back, yeah. I'll have it. I'll have it figured out. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, for Jeremy, I'm Jason. And once again, thanks for listening to the Extra Bases podcast. And please leave a comment, like, subscribe, all that stuff. And uh, we'll always um, do whatever we can to make this a better experience for Jeremy. All right, everybody. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see you next time.